win this weekend in Cleveland would be wonderful. A loss? Eee. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. It is Steelers versus Browns, 1.02 p.m. Sunday at First Energy Stadium. I'll be heading up there to cover it for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I am looking forward to it. I believe it has a chance to meet, maybe even exceed, a lot of expectations that people had for this matchup entering the season. However, however, a lot of things have changed when it comes to these expectations. And chief among them is what's happened around the Steelers and Browns. When the Ravens started losing players like crazy in training camp and then ultimately ended up with 14 guys now on IR, I don't think anybody saw them challenging for first place, but they're still up there. Five and two. The Bengals' mere existence would lead one to believe that they wouldn't have anything to do with this process once you got past, oh, week two or three. But they're 5-2, and two, and they are currently the number one seed in the entire conference, never mind the division. The Browns' own scenario has changed in that they've lost some key players along the way. They've got guys banged up. They haven't performed to their full potential in part because of that. And they're sitting there at 4-3. and three. And you follow the fourth team a little bit, so I'll spare you any sort of uh, summary of how their season has gone. But they're only 3-3. Three and three. And they're last out of this group. And right then and there, I feel like I can draw a line of demarcation comfortably that says that the Steelers really need to win this game. If they don't, and you're looking at the Ravens and the Bengals further pulling away, and there's no reason to expect either of those teams to regress. Not the way, in particular, Cincinnati has performed of late. This isn't going to be a case where the division or the conference comes back to the Steelers or buys the Steelers additional time to get competitive and the same applies to the Browns they're going to be without Kareem Hunt for a while but the injuries to Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and Jarvis Landry don't appear to be something that's long-term or super serious so they theoretically are only going to get better as the season goes now you can say the same thing about the Steelers. You can look at their schedule after this and say, well, there's the Bears and the Lions. I mean, you should be taking care of both of those. Bears might be a little bit more of a challenge than the Lions, but only because everyone is. And you can say, well, they'll 
they'll make up for a loss in Cleveland and they'll get back over 500. And, and you don't, you can't keep doing that. At some point, you have to assert yourself over the course of the schedule. At some point, you have to say, hey, we're in this too. We're getting better. And we're getting better with an objective of being the team in this division, maybe even in this conference. Now you're seeing that the preordained conference championship of the Chiefs is kind of being blown up a little bit. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online. Maybe a flexible hybrid format works best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. The attitude, the approach that we're hearing from the Steelers on the south side is most definitely encouraging. This was Cam Hayward yesterday before practice. Preaching in practice, whether it's during drills, um, looking at our practice during during practice uh, through our tablets, um, and then, you know, just keep building on what we're doing. Um, we, I know we're not a finished product. There's going to be mistakes, uh, but the quickest thing to do is learn from it, that mistake and not let it happen again. Love to hear it. Sounds great. Go out there and get it done. Go out there and get it done. The list of players on this roster who've been healthy, who've been without excuses, who haven't performed their potential, is way too long to have gotten through six weeks of football and a bye week and not finally take a stride forward. That has to happen. That has to happen this weekend. It's the only way to think about it. What else, what other occasion do you want to wait for to see Chase Claypool do something more than what he did against Seattle with two catches on seven targets? What more do you want to wait for to see this offensive line finally get it together, presumably with Zach Banner at right tackle where he should have been all along had he been healthy? What more do you want to see? What more of an event do you need to bring out the very best of Ben Roethlisberger than to play in Cleveland, of all places? The city he's owned that he's had wrapped around his finger for the better part of two decades. Now is the time for that. Now is the time for that. The same applies to the other side of the football arguably to an even greater extent, because these guys are supposed to be an impact unit. They're supposed to be, here's that term, elite, which is what they were two years ago and what they were last year in their own way. Get the football off these guys. Make plays. Not just T.J. Watt and not just Cam. I'm talking about the secondary. I'm talking about Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm talking about Gasp, the inside linebackers, who also are permitted to make plays. This 
is the game in which to do that. This is the game in which to have a game unlike any of the first six, including the wins. Where you can say, seriously and convincingly, that this was a complete effort on the part of the team. Not one of those has occurred yet. Not one. Not even in the three wins, and no, not even in Buffalo. This team's underachieving relative to its own talent. That's not to suggest that there's some uh, supersonic powerhouse-type roster that should be undefeated or anything. They're not. But when you go through the components, when you go through the individuals, you end up with, for the most part, players who are below their own bars. That needs to change this weekend. When we come back, just one question. Time for just one question. That's brought to you always by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people hurt in car accidents who need help with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been AV rated. That's the highest rating a law firm can receive for legal ability and ethics in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-842. Our J1Q for today comes from my man Bubba Banjo. Bubba hasn't been heard from in a while. Bubba asks, is Alex Highsmith developing at an even faster rate than Bud Dupree did? He looks better at this point in his career to me. Bubba, I would say that your eyes are not failing you and that your memory is not failing you. Highsmith is, in fact, a more consistent, more reliable performer at this stage of his career than Bud was. And if it sounds like I'm leading up to a great big but here, I am. I am. Because what you're seeing from Highsmith and what you've seen from him really ever since he was inserted in Week 12 of last season is a higher level of polish. Now, that might sound a little bit crazy considering he was drafted out of University of Charlotte, and you would think that adjusting to the higher level and everything, but for whatever reasons, Highsmith has been an excellent student of the game since coming to Pittsburgh, and he's been a faster learner than Bud has, and that's going to have a quicker impact in terms of doing things that are dependable, such as not over-pursuing the quarterback and taking yourself out of the play, not losing the edge on the run game. That was a big, big shortcoming for Bud for a long time. And it took Bud a while to get there. But you know what? Bud did get there. And when Bud achieved that level of understanding 
the Keith Butler defense, understanding what his responsibilities were, not just in terms of got to rip the quarterback's head off, got to rip the quarterback's head off. He became someone that you could count on to contain not just the running game, but also mobile quarterbacks. When you look at the Steelers' success in particular against Lamar Jackson, but also other other guys who were mobile back there, it emanated largely from the fact that T.J. Watt and Bud wouldn't let the quarterbacks go anywhere. They wouldn't let them leave the pocket to be a threat out of the pocket. And that's not anything that John Harbaugh has come up with a solution for in all this time, I should add. The Steelers have solved the Baltimore offense. Kind of, you know, the way the Ravens have solved the Pittsburgh offense, but I digress. Bud comes with what scouts and sports evaluators, people inside the industry, refer to as a high ceiling. Bud has a freakish build, a freakish level of athleticism. And this is where the real separator is between Bud and Highsmith. Highsmith is a terrific athlete. He's not someone who you're going to line up across from, though, and say, oh, man, we got no answer for this guy. We just got nothing. We just, let's put two people over here or something. He's not going to be that player. He's not going to be that massive, chaotic disruptor that Bud was. Bud was the hurricane passing through town. And Highsmith is more of the oh, heavy rainstorm <laughs> about that. I don't want to insult him. He's a good football player. But Bud was doing insane things. Mind you, if I can throw into parentheses here, Bud hasn't been great in Tennessee. And whether or not that's an adjustment to the Titans system down there or what, I don't know. Don't particularly care. But just throwing that in parentheses there. I'm referring to Bud when he was in Pittsburgh. I believe that most coaches would prefer to have that high ceiling guy, even if they're higher maintenance, even if they come with greater risk because they also come with greater reward. We saw with TJ and Bud at times an unbelievable level of disruption where the other teams had no answer for it. Some of you will recall that on this program, when I was doing it through last season, I would begin and end my evaluation of the coming week by saying, look at this team's offensive line, meaning the other team. They'll have no answer for TJ and Bud. They have no chance to win this game. And I kept on doing that right through 11-0. And then guess what happened after 11-0? Yeah, Bud got hurt. So comparing them isn't all that simple. I would still take that version of Bud over this version of Highsmith, but I'll also accept and applaud the fact that the Steelers have themselves a really nice solution for not having Bud. Highsmith is a good football player who does have the opportunity to get better. I just don't think you're going to see him become something where everyone in football goes, wow, look at that guy, the way they did with Bud. I appreciate the question. I appreciate 
everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Again, heading up to Cleveland. We'll see how this goes. My guess is that the Monday episode of Daily Shot of Steelers will be very colorful, no matter what the outcome is. Thanks for listening, everyone.